Welcome to Establish the Edge. After a couple weeks off, I'm back with Adam Rausch to bring you the GVP game scores for week 15 um, before, or actually week 16, right? Oh my goodness, season's flying by. Week 16, we will review week 15 pretty quickly here before diving in though. And Adam, you can see in the top right corner of our GPP game stack plot that you put together each week, the top eight guys that we were looking at contributing to game scores, the average ownership and average score for the highest game uh, is in that top right corner for Washington Rams. So that game got played a ton and delivered um, pretty good value in a weird way, though. Sam Howell gets benched late and Jacoby Brissett comes in and that fuels Terry McLaurin to a big day as the bring back. And we know Kyron Williams was mega chalk and had a huge day. So those two guys in particular played a big role. But you also saw some lower-owned games that were equally successful in the Tampa Bay-Green Bay game and also the San Francisco-Arizona game. I know I had some Jordan Love triple stacks with Mike Evans bring back, which was you know, a mixed bad. Dontavian Wicks hit at real low ownership and cheap salary, and Reed and Kraft got there as cheap chalk. But uh, unfortunately, it wasn't Mike Evans's day, and really it was the Baker to Godwin stuff that really – exploded there for the Tampa Bay Green Bay game. Yeah. And Chris Godwin wasn't even one of the uh, top eight values that I measured on. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine if you factor in Godwin's score to that Tampa Green Bay game, uh, it'd be jutting out to the right even more. So Uh, in large field, it looked like it appeared the best full game stacks this week uh, were the, were the Mayfield Godwin stacks that ran it back. With the chalkier Tucker Craft or Dontavian Wicks, uh, that se- or even Rashad White, I saw some Rashad White mixed in there as well. Those seem to be the best performing teams in large field. You did see some Purdy stuff sprinkled in there, but again, you know, when you kind of have the chalky RBs hit, so you had CMC hit at forty-two percent on DraftKings. You had Kyron hit at fifty-seven percent. So. Uh, you really wanted to get some lower ownership in your in your quarterback and on your receivers, which Mayfield provided. So um, we've got a few games out there kind of hovering to the right. Um, you know, unfortunately, with the Commanders and the Rams, we just didn't get the QB point totals to kind of tag along with it. Sal Howell got hurt. Stafford did okay, but not enough to get a top leaderboard. So uh, if you had the full game stack with Mayfield, you were sitting pretty. Yeah, and the post-lock Sims did like some other stuff. I know we see in the bottom right uh, the Bears-Browns game kind of get there and the Joe Flacco stuff. I almost played a Flacco team in the Wildcat. The post-lock Sims really liked the Flacco double stacks, not necessarily with a bring back to get you Kyron and CMC in your lineup as a way to win in large field. Another way, the you know, I played some Case Keenum to Noah Brown single stacks too. Um, if you wanted to get off of CMC, which sounds outrageous in hindsight, given his score, but I did think the Dallas Bills game was a good one to attack. I know it really dudded out, but just from an ownership ceiling standpoint, uh, that came in pretty low. But let's take a turn towards the week 16 game scores. And, you know, it's another week where we don't have a whole ton of high totals. We get Detroit at Minnesota with a 47 total, Dallas at Miami with a 50 total. Everything else is 43 or or under 45. You get Indiana, Atlanta at 44 and a half. So pretty low. Um, It's also not a huge slate because 
even though there's no bye weeks, we've got a Saturday slate, we've got a Monday slate. So there's nine games on the slate. And um, that contributes kind of a weird looking game scores table right now. Seattle, Tennessee was one we didn't really expect to talk about. And it's leading the game scores at the moment, which is interesting. So, you know, digging into why that's occurring and these things, of course, can change. But you basically have like four values on each side of that game, including the quarterback that are like neutral-ish values with okay ceilings on both teams and low ownership across the board. And that's sort of, you know, pushing it towards the top here. Um, if I look at like our detail at some of the components that play into this, not great in ceiling, not great in team total, but again, the ownership, the value at salary, and just the ease of putting the stack together is the reason why Seattle, Tennessee is, is up there. Yeah, it, when you ever have a game where it's it's just so easy to build these large stacks, it's it's always going to kind of rate pretty well. Uh, I guess the one thing you could, you know, hang your hat on with this game is you know, some teams have been able to really take advantage of Tennessee's pass defense this year, and you know Seattle's offense, uh, even with Geno Smith being out, has been still been able to perform. DK Metcalf has put together uh, a couple of nice ceiling games over the last few weeks, even though they haven't been on the main slate uh, all the time. So, yeah, again, I wasn't really anticipating this being on top of the game scores table. We'll see how, kind of how it plays out. I'm not sure how much I'm interested in playing it, uh, just given kind of like the middling ceilings on this one. Uh, if I was going to play it, I, I think I'd be interested on the Seattle side. You could bring it back with Hopkins if you really wanted to. Um but yeah, 41 and a half total is uh, it's a little tough for me to get behind when there's, I think, clearly a few more intriguing options on a slate like this. Yeah, I think part of the difficulty is the quarterback position. So you can play like a pretty easy Geno stack, bring it back with like either a cheap Chig, cheap Burks, or maybe a higher ceiling, a little bit own mid-tier Hopkins. So I'm, I'm starting to see why they like it. Again, you know... I. I went on a little tangent there, but bringing it back to the quarterback position, not a lot of high ceiling plays for us this week. Um, I know the Dallas-Miami game, which we'll talk about, has huge total, but at least on DraftKings, you know, they have those, we have those guys overpriced and not like huge ceilings for this week, despite the total. And, you know, we'll go through, double-check those projections. Uh, FanDuel, it's always a little bit easier to pay up at quarterback. So uh, I'd be less likely to play this stuff there, but – Gino is actually our top value over on FanDuel right now. We don't have any health docs on him, something to consider. But yeah, um, let's talk about the Dallas-Miami game that has a 50 total. And you know, on DraftKings, it's rating pretty good in game scores, despite the fact that both quarterbacks are pretty negative values here. And we've seen sometimes in the Sims where in these situations, it's okay playing like a Dak or a Tua. Um I think the Dak side's more intriguing to me because I think Miami could take somewhat the page out of the Bills playbook and run a good bit in this game. Um, but yeah, the Dallas side, if they have to throw a whole ton, you know, you get CeeDee Lamb as one of the highest ceiling wide receivers. Him and Tyreek are the two highest ceiling wide receivers on the week in the same game. Uh, we've had Rocky Mostert mispractice a couple of times this week. So you get A-Chan with a huge ceiling right now. Not showing much ownership, but that's one we usually have to manually fudge at the end of the week is the 
um, basically all the Miami ownerships. We have to fudge up a little bit for ceiling purposes. So that game could drop a little bit in games for us if, if we see that ownership rise. Yeah, and this you could also see this, this game kind of playing out where if people want to stack it, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to have to make a choice here. I'm going to have to play either CD or Tyreek. I'm not going to be able to play both. I'm pairing it with one of their quarterbacks. So where do you go otherwise uh, in a game stack? I could see Jake Ferguson being a guy, an easy plug and play at tight end, um, even though he's not a super cheap tight end, but it's going to help you at least save some salary there. I could see people playing Brandon Cooks as part of game stacks. So we've seen a couple of times Brandon Cooks hit on some big ceiling games. He doesn't rate super well in projections, but uh, I think especially on uh, – I, I think you can make an argument for both FanDuel and DraftKings because when Cooks hits, he usually hits, hits on big plays. Uh, so we could – I could see people going there if you want to game stack it. Yeah, again, my only concern, you kind of hit on this when you were introing the game, is you know we could kind of see a similar game script play out from Miami that Buffalo implemented where we just run, 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 run down Dallas's throat and take the pass catchers out of the game uh, completely. I, I don't, I don't foresee it being as, as, re, as reduced uh, or as run heavy as that Buffalo Dallas game last week, but you know, it's profiling similarly where we have high ceiling, we've got a high total, but we also have super high salary um, and uh, not a lot of value at all. But because of that, the ownership is going to be reduced. Yeah, there are some routes too, just kind of combining the first two games we've talked about where you do play like a Tennessee, Seattle stack with a quarterback for value and you get in, you know, CD, Ferguson, HN um, or something like that. You get in really the high ceiling players here for Dallas, Miami. Like that's definitely a route that you could choose to attack things. Basically two big game stacks. Again, not a huge slate. Not a bunch of great totals. I think it's okay to condense your bets onto one or two games. But yeah, the other game with a high total, Detroit at Minnesota, doesn't rate quite as well in game scores. We've had some difficulty with Detroit since David Montgomery has been back. The pass rate of expectation has been lower. You have to split Montgomery and Gibbs somewhat. And the result is just hard to get like a good base value. The ceilings on these guys are okay. Again, like looking at our details what goes into the game scores only dallas miami rates better in terms of ceiling for this game but the salaries are high and the values not super good um you can i think if you're doing a, a qb pass catcher stack here honestly you're taking a stab at mullins who has shown a willingness to chuck it's a dome they're going to play from behind most likely in this game and justin jefferson is way too cheap right now. And whenever you get a ceiling on a guy like Justin Jefferson, I'm okay playing that into moderate chalk, you know, 25, 30%. I think a guy like that is absolutely fine to play. So I am still like pretty interested in the Minnesota side. It is hard to pick out the Detroit bring back, but, um, you know, all these guys have ceilings between Gibbs, Montgomery, ARSB, Laporta. Um, and I know Adam every week wants us to get the Jamison Williams projection up. Finally did see some decent volume last week. Yeah. It's, you know, the nice thing about uh, Detroit, at least, and maybe, you know, comparing it to the previous game we talked about is, 
you know, we don't we don't have good value, but I, I think you can still at least you have the ability to kind of build out a stack easier if you want to uh, with, you know, with Tua's price and with Dak's price and CD and Tyreek's price. It just kind of makes it almost really difficult to get in a bunch of ceiling plays. At least with Detroit, you're kind of able to do that because uh, Goff's not a great value, but he's, he's still 6,900. You can fit in and I'm on raw, you know, as you said, Justin Jefferson's priced really low. Uh, for his for his ability and his ceiling, um, I, I can't think of a better holiday gift for me than to uh, debate whether to play Nick Mullins chalk. Uh, just sounds like the perfect way to spend Christmas, uh, Christmas, yeah. Christmas weekend. Debating Nick Mullins chalk, which is not something I, I think we anticipated heading into this year. Um, I'm glad you you mentioned the chalk though, because you know I did mention Mullins is like a pretty good value. He's going to chuck, but I didn't mention that at least currently, um, these are pure algorithmic ownership projections right now. That'll change over the weekend. But we have Mullins as far and away the most owned quarterback on DraftKings. I'm not really close, and we have him as the second most owned quarterback on FanDuel right now. I actually, have him a little bit more owned than Geno, despite Mullins being slightly more expensive so uh, people are definitely going to be willing to play that so i don't think you're sneaking anything by by making a new yeah. Mullins team yeah and, and we you kind of mentioned this earlier but you know on a slate where you may be wanting to save up some of your salary to pay up that wide receiver you could also play mullins or like a kind of a, a skinnier less expensive mullins correlation and then you know, spend up the rest of your salary on a guy like CD or Tyreek. I, I think if you're going to save up that salary at wide receiver, you might as well just correlate and play uh, Jefferson or Amon Ra in this game. But I could see people, I could see that being another reason why Mullins projects uh, this well. Uh, if you're looking for a lower ownership play, a lower owned pivot in a game stack, TJ Hawkinson always rates well. Um, doesn't get played a lot because people don't typically want to spend up at tight end. Uh, unless you're paying for Kelsey, and but you know, as as we've kind of seen Kelsey's production dip a little bit in recent weeks, Hawkinson has shown some immense ceiling games, and Jordan Addison isn't a good value on DraftKings. I check his Fanduel rating real quick, but you know he's not going to be played a lot. Um, yeah, I mean he's he's his value is not great on Fanduel either, so he's not rating well. But again, he has shown the ability to produce. Uh, and have some ceiling games even with Jefferson in there. So if you wanted to kind of make a pivot there uh, as part of a game stack build, those two guys I'd be interested in. Uh, Colts Atlanta gives us another dome game to look at third highest total on the slate at 44 and a half. Uh, hard to get behind the quarterbacks in this game. We have seen Atlanta at times be forced to throw a bit more when they're from behind and they are like, there is some efficiency upside with the skill players there and the way that offense operates. Heineke's only 4,800. So um, that that one vaguely interests me, again, as another way to maybe get into this Dallas-Miami game as to play a Heineke with you know, a Pitts-London, kind of play the seesaw that's been the Drake-London experience and get back on the ride after the poor performance last week in a spot where I think he's going to have to throw a little bit more We'll see what people do with Bijan. We could get Jonathan Taylor back. Right now, we're assuming him back. Um, that's certainly going to affect things. He's one of 
the higher ceiling running backs in play for sure on the slate if he's back and Zach Moss is out. Yeah, I think the interesting thing for me in this game is kind of like the seesaw back and forth, not not just in in the teams, but also the pace of this game. Um, you know, Pat Thorman has noted in his snaps and pace article how the Falcons play really fast, but they're calling such run heavy game scripts and not getting their primary weapons involved in these uh, in these up and pace games. It just makes it really frustrating um, to, to play them, even though they they kind of profile the team we may want to target in a GPP uh, because of their pace. And, you know, Indy's defense has not exactly been great this year. I kind of like the angle of taking the, the, the Heineke play, maybe if you want to correlate them with London, saving the money there and then saving the rest of your salary for, for higher price wide receivers, as we've already talked about, uh, Lamb, Tyreek, Jefferson, Amon Ra, you know, playing into the Heineke London play would allow you to get up to those guys a little bit easier. So I think from that standpoint, I'm a little bit interested in this game and I think getting Michael Pittman back and getting Jonathan Taylor back, of course, only bodes well for Gardner Minshew, who I continually think people underappreciate his ability to produce from a fantasy perspective. Um, and look, this game's in a dome. Uh, I know Indy is on the road, but I, I, I wouldn't be mad at people wanting to play Minshew either. I, he's shown the ability to produce um, and at full health, this Indy offense uh, can produce in a way that I think is viable for GPPs. Yeah, so that covers kind of the three higher total games in pretty isolated weather, you know, Miami and then the games in domes in Atlanta and Minnesota. Those are sort of like middle of the pack in game score. So again, just due to to pricing and ownership, uh, we hit on Seattle, Tennessee up top, but you also get Jacksonville at Tampa Bay, Arizona at Chicago with low 40s totals and popping on both sites as top three games. The Chicago-Arizona one features Justin Fields in a spot where we have him as the highest ceiling quarterback play on the week. So that immediately buoys the game score for that game a good bit. And it's a pretty good spot for DJ Moore. He generally seems to come in at higher ownership than the Algos have put him at all year long. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some bumps in ownership on him and Cole Komet as the week goes on is sort of the only like little bit damper, but it's very easy to make a field stack. And he's much more stackable this year because scrambling a little bit less, taking a little bit less sacks, the team's running a few more plays. Those three things all added up together mean more pass volume and like guys can, can actually get there. And you look at the Arizona side, McBride has, we've got him with a projection nearly at Kelsey's this week. So, um, there's huge value there. It is difficult to find too much outside of McBride uh, unless you're really willing to take a shot on one of the cheap wide receivers. We think Marquise Brown will be out. So you could take shots on Michael Wilson, Greg Dortch, Rondell Moore. I think it's reasonable. We just have it spread out enough right now that neither is, you know, none of them are popping as values. Yeah, it's uh, that's the tricky part because the Fields, more McBride stacks are going to be popular, uh, undoubtedly. I mean, it's got ceiling, it's affordable, um, but it will be played into quite a bit, I think. So 
yeah, you, you're either kind of differentiating elsewhere in your lineup or you're taking a swing on one of these potential zero ball guys like Michael Wilson or Darnell Mooney, which never feels great. Um, and then I, you kind of hit quickly on that Bucks-Jags game. It's interesting because like the average salary is more expensive than Chicago, Arizona. It's more expensive than the Colts Falcons game, but both of those games actually have higher totals than this Jags Bucks game. So I don't know. I'm kind of curious to like what your, how, what your interest level is on that, on the battle of Florida, so to speak. Yeah. I should note too, we have Trevor Lawrence projected in and there's, yeah. you know, we should get definitive word today, but Okay. I think he might be more likely to miss than not. We just, you know, there's no point in us seesawing it when we're going to find out later yeah. today. Yeah. Um, if he's out, like the ownership's going to be really low. I think people wanted to jam Calvin Ridley in this spot if Trevor Lawrence was in. But if he's out, will people still do that? I don't think so. So you might get some really low ownership there, but it's certainly going to be risky. Um, and then Evan Ingram, too, I, I think it's going to be tough for people to pay up for him. Right now, we have those guys as solid values, decent ceilings, but of course, the projection is going to come down if Lawrence is out. So, um, and then the Tampa Bay side, you know, Mike Evans' ceiling just every week is is so good to play. And now that you could potentially double Baker with Evans and Godwin, with Godwin looking healthier and better, like that's interesting. Um, it's so condensed too that you know you can include the running back Rashad White in the Baker stacks, which is solid. Uh, Cade Auden's really cheap. I'm done with Trey Palmer. I've given up. There will be no playing Trey Palmer as a cheap wide receiver. But I think between Auden, Godwin, White, and, and Evans, like you can have a nice little double stack there with Baker. Um, and all of those three, the three pass catchers, at least right now, don't project for much ownership at all. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of the same setup as last week where you're going to be able to get that Bucks passing stack at really low ownership. Even if you wanted to play Rashad White, which you could, and some people did last week in Baker stacks and did really well. So, yeah, I still kind of like the Bucks. Uh, I, I don't know. I you can go back to the well, go back to the well. But you're you're putting a fade on the the elite, the high, the really high price receivers if you want to play in the Godwin and Evans. But you know, it it worked out last week. It could work out again this week. Yeah, then the uh, last one to talk about real quick, I just think that that Flacco double is still in play again this week. It's hard because, you know, the field's adjusting, so we get double-digit ownership projections on all the pass catchers. And if they dominate Houston, I think it could be trouble. Um, They worked out last game because they were down late and had to chuck. You know, it could go south, but um, we've seen at least enough upside if the game script goes correctly from Flacco that – Really, he can carry a couple of pass catchers there. It's you know what a world Joe Flacco is is actually like not at that contrarian of a play, but um you know just keep an eye on that. Uh, let's go to Dirt Plants, Adam. I will give you the honors. Thank you, thank you, Mike. Uh, wow, great to be here in the holiday season. Giving Dirt Plants, I feel so much joy. Uh, dirt planting on such a joyous time of year. Um, we, we talked about this guy earlier and, uh, I, I don't, I'm not dirt planning him from a game stack standpoint, but I think correlating with him in a smaller way will allow you to 
get some really appealing ceiling in your lineup. And if this guy uh, outperforms his projection, then could be looking at a nice a nice day from our boy Taylor Heineke. Um, purely a salary play. You pair him with Drake London, maybe. Uh, you can run it back with a Colts play on the other side, maybe maybe a Pittman, uh, maybe a Taylor. It's gross, but I'll, I'll take Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke, okay. Um, I, I like it. I actually like that. Again, I think ways to get in some of the Dallas-Miami ceiling are, are the way to play this slate. I think I will go – man, I wanted to go – Traylon Burks here, but I'm seeing him mispractice a couple of times with illness this week, mm-hmm. which is that's holding me back a little. But you know, it's a dirt plant, so we'll go with Traylon Burks. Let's hope he gets. Let's keep an eye if he gets back to practice today. If he doesn't, I'll probably rescind the dirt plant. But if he's back, it sounds like it's an illness, so it's not an injury. So usually that means the player's okay, even though missing practice is never a good thing. Um, but I'll go Burks, whose route share has been way up since he's you know, worked his way back from the concussion. And, you know, um, I know Hopkins was definitely favored by Levis, but maybe we get a little bit of a bounce with Tannehill in towards Burks's way. So give me Traylon Burks again, you know, kind of same spirit of Adams as a way to get into these Dallas Miami stacks while differentiating yourself a little bit. Someone send Traylon some day quill. <laughs> All right. That is going to do it for us on the week 16 edition of NFL GPP game scores. Hope everybody out there has a great, great holiday and appreciate you all tuning in. Good luck this weekend.